This morning I want to talk about building your house, and uh, I asked the Lord really what he would have me say this morning, and he gave me these scriptures in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, if you want to open your Bible. Christ. 
Christ so you can lay your foundations on other things in your life and in your house. But if it's Jesus Christ, the rock, it is the firm foundation. And in Isaiah 28, 16, it says, Behold, I am the one who has laid the foundation of Zion. A stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not be in haste. So he talks about when we build our life on the Lord and our houses. And I think of, um, you know, individual houses, how, how, how are they built? Um, and my dad actually was a house, he was built a house builder. And he, what I remember about him, he wanted to do it right. He'd always like do the measurements and he's going to do a job, do it right. And that was his, his part-time job. But when I talk about building the house, it's very important that the tools you need, there's certain tools that you must have is building a house. You've got to have, you know, a saw and you have to have wood and you have to have, you know, the proper things. This house of the Lord, <coughs> we must build it with the tools that God has given us. And he's given us everything, but we are the builders of the house. It's, it's up to us how that we want to build the house. Up here on this house, I drew this house out and it says count the cost. So, and I've been thinking about building a house lately and I'm kind of just figuring on counting the cost. I'm going to 14 and 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sit down first and count the cost, whether it have sufficient to finish it? After he's laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. And all who looks and behold begins to mock him. So when we take up this journey on the Lord and we build our house upon the Lord and we say, accept Him, we want to count the cost. Because our salvation is free, but there is a cost. I tell you what, it will cost you everything. Because God said, He said he, he wants us to serve Him with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our spirit. It's like a marriage. When you get married, you are committed to each other. And this is like the marriage of the, that we have with the Lord. And it's not playing out in the world and fulfilling the lust of our flesh because we have everything that we need in, in, with Christ. And he is, as He is our firm foundation, I tell you what, we have everything we need in Christ. Amen. But we have to believe and we have to take those steps in building our house. And down here, I put the foundation is its first salvation. That have, with the house that doesn't have the foundation of salvation, it's going to fall. And the fall will be great, just like the Bible said. But when we have start with salvation, we just say uh, Ephesians uh, 2, uh, 1 through 10, it talks about how that when Jesus he loved us even though we were still sinners. He came to us when we were in our sin. And he paid the price. So we know that in the beginning God created us and he gave us a choice. And with his Adam and Eve, he gave them a choice. He gave them everything they needed. But Satan came and he was there and he tempted him and he said, I think you've 
misunderstood. I think you misunderstood what God meant. He didn't say you couldn't eat because, you know, really, if you didn't eat from that that tree, it's just going to make you wise like God. So that's that's the thing. Do you think at times we might think that we're wiser than God or we know more than he does, but he has put something in there to, to protect us from sin. And he told it, and he told them not to eat of that, not to partake of sin. And they did, they chose that. And that was separation from God, and our spirit got separated, and that's where death came in. But Jesus came, and the Lord God provided us a son. Jesus Christ is a perfect sacrifice, and he came, and he gave his life for you and me. Amen. And the thing is, we don't realize how much he loves us. And some of us, including myself, don't love ourselves enough. We're priceless. I used to even think bad about myself and say, like, I couldn't do a lot of things. And God said, no, you're my child. Stop doing that. And I did. And uh, it's just, he's, we are the children of God. And we are forgiven. And we are clean. And we're washed clean. And we're white. And we have robes of righteousness on us. We don't feel it sometimes, but in our spirit, we're washed clean. That's called salvation. We accept Jesus. We know we're clean in Him. And our spirit is made right. And then He wants us to walk in that and then that life. And Jesus died and shed His blood. He paid the price for our salvation. He paid the price for our healing. And I know myself, and I know that a lot of times that I just put God into a little box, not where he belongs, but into my way of thinking. But when you think about it, is God is God and him who can comprehend him? Who can comprehend the greatness of the Lord? And he wants us to do. He wants to do very great things in our lives. And he wants to do many great things in our churches. He has healings. He has deliverances. He has all those paid for at the cross. He shed his blood that we would be set free. And then he died and he rose again on the third day and that's the power of resurrection. That's the power that lives in us today. When we've given our life and we've accepted Jesus into our heart, we have that power. Amen. We may not feel like we have that power, but God says in his word, we have that resurrection power in our life. That power is when God's coming again, He's going to, that power is what is lifting us up to heaven, to rapture us up. That power of the Holy Spirit helps us to believe when there's no hope and we can't believe. That power of God is what keeps us. Keeps us sometimes another day when we're battling that storm. I had a testimony from my daughter last night and she's, she talked about it and she said, I I, I couldn't I couldn't go that day, you know, I was really I was on my knees that day, but the grace of God came on me and then somewhere during the night in the morning I had the power to get up and go. God keeps us. He keeps us in his hand, he keeps us going. But it's up to us. He said, He gave us that choice, it's up to us. We Amen. have life, we choose life. It's wonderful that we've chosen life. We've chosen 
and abide in Christ. He gave us that choice. And the one thing he hates is sin. You know why? Because sin destroys, it kills, and it brings death. He doesn't want that for his children. He paid the price. He gave us salvation. He gave us salvation right here, and that's what we need to build our house upon. That's what we need to teach our children. As we have children growing up, about the salvation, about the price that Jesus paid, and, and build everything on in our house, in our life, on the salvation of Jesus. Another thing is God's word. At 2 Timothy 3.16, and it talks about how God's word is, is an error. It's written by men of God. There is 40 authors in the Bible. By men of God, that God breathed, this word is God breathed. God breathed upon him through the Holy Spirit. It's infallible. It means that is without error. We can trust the word of God and even trust it with our life because it won't agree with the world, world's way of thinking. But we need to, to eat that word of God daily and normalize the word of God in our homes, in our house. Not only in our lives, in our personal lives, but for our children, that they will grow and know the Word of God. Because when that storm comes on your little ones, and it will, uh, they will need to stand upon the Word of God and the promises and the trust. And uh, I know personally when I go through something, uh, I have to just go to the Word of God and get a scripture if it's... Many times I've been sick, and I've been sick for quite a while, and I'm like, okay, this is enough. Where's the Word of God? Where I gotta, I gotta eat the Word of God. I have to stand on that, and that comes against that comes against it, right there. I think of a scripture right now: sickness, sickness that was in my grandchildren, sickness that came um, through COVID and things like that. It's really. Um, it was, you had to stand upon the word. It was an attack that, um, where the spirit of Jesus Christ has given us the spirit of life. The spirit of life has overcome the law of sin and death. Right there. Jesus talks, Jesus in his, his life that he gives, he paid the price. It overcomes the law of sin and sin and death. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so that word of God, we have, those are love letters God gave us. Those are precious. That's precious. He gave us all. He gave us his word of God. From all those years, you know. He'd been faithful in the Old Testament, and then he brought us through. And uh, we're living right now in that last, I, I declare it in the name of Jesus. We're living in that last chapter of Acts right now. And we're moving into that, and I'm praising God for so daily prayers. We have we have cares and anxieties. I think about that too. I realized that when I was in the revival in Asbury, how that um, a lot of cares and a lot of things that I carried that just went away. When I it couldn't be there, it was because the, the the presence of God was so strong that that had to go, and it was it was just as a general blanket over that um, worship, and that should be. The same way here, but that should be in the same way in my life that I should recognize it. Because uh, uh, First Peter five seven it says, "Cast all your anxieties on Him, for He cares for us. He cares for us. The God of heaven that made heaven and earth, He cares for us. He's mindful of us. And He said, just bring it to me. Bring it. You were made 
is. And that's why he is God and that's why he is a faithful God. So we have the prayer, the prayer time, the daily prayer time. That's that's another foundation. It's a prayer right there. God's word, foundation prayer. Now, I would have to say that probably in my childhood, that was the most important thing I can remember about my father, my dad, is that, yes, he lived a good life. He was a Christian. But that prayer where he, he called us children to the family, to the living room, to kneel down, and he prayed out loud. He prayed, and that was a powerful influence. It made me feel secure. It made a, a covering over our whole family. And um, that is so important with prayer. Prayer, God says, uh, you can pray, and pray without ceasing. And when we're on our, on our jobs, when we're taking care of the kids, when we pray without ceasing. Amen. What is prayer? That's that's the prayer. Pray with uh, thanksgiving. I'll praise you, Jesus. Think about it right now. Think about something you praise God for. What has God brought you through? Pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I can think of I can think of something. Even in the last year, pray with thanksgiving. Pray with worship. Praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Yes. Prayer is communication with the God in heaven. Our spirit connecting to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that lives in us is that what brings that communication and that prayer up to the Lord. And he says, pray always. I want, God's, God wants us to talk to him. He knows our needs. And we can bring him our needs and our petitions. But he wants our communion. He wants time with us. And just like I was talking about in that marriage, spending time. Think about that. I'm thinking about it right now because I know I'm a busy person. I know I have a lot going on. And I know that there's nothing more important than me to sit down on that recliner and turn my phone off and turn the TV off and sit there and talk to God. In my day, there's nothing more important than that. Amen. And that is that is where that transformation of all this world and earthly things is just that peace comes. And if I can get I can turn like that, I can get worried and things, and then I know that I just gotta be with God. And um, but that that prayer, pray. Continually communicating with the Lord. And also, I want to read this. If you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13. I don't know if I have This is about love and God's love. In our house, it should, it's right there in the center. Well, that should be that should be in the center of our house, and that's God's love. I'm just going to read just a little bit of, out of the left chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. I'll start at verse 3. It says, And though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. 
Love suffers long and is kind. Love endures envies not. Love wants not itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own. It is not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. This is love never fails. Has everybody got that chapter down really good? First Corinthians, are, are you living that one really good? Me either. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, I hit and miss on that one. I'm sorry. Working on it. Work in progress. You know why? It's because that's a supernatural love. That's a God's love. That's that love that God puts in our hearts. And that's the love we need to have burning in our hearts all the time. But it only can be there if we accepted who we are in Christ. It comes from right here, accepting Jesus. It comes here because I know at times I can be aggravated and I can maybe not bear all things and not endure all things. I'm not always as kind as I should be. You know, it says never puffed up, not in one your own way, never, you know, being patient and everything. But that's what God says. But that is God's love. That is the love of God. And that is the love that we have when we know who we are, when we're living this, this salvation out, when we're praying, when we're, we're in the word of God. Amen. Then that love flows through us. Because there's times when I get aggravated and I might, I might just be aggravated at someone. And then when I go to prayer and do what the word of God says, I'm like, God changes your heart. As he said, pray for those and bless those who say wrong against you. And I'm like, God changes your heart. You can't change your heart. The way of the world thinking was just keep keep talking about that or that person. And then it gets, goes into bitterness and it gets bigger and bigger. See, that's how Satan lives. But not the Lord. God loves us. He really does. And he wants us to walk in that love. And he wants us to know it. And you know the good thing is? It's not done by works. Because on the cross, he gave us everything. He finished it. He said it's all. It's, he said just accept it and walk in, walk in my way. Amen. Just accept that. That I've done everything. And I, I've, I've gotten where I, I think I've gotten into work sometimes. And I. I have to check myself. This this works is the good works is what comes from having a heart full and loving God is wanting to do to, to do the work as a reaction. But it's not gonna make me a more spiritual person or a high level or anything. Because we're all on the same level. We're all God's children. And we're all together on this. Another one is faith. Faith in Hebrews 
11, 6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So it's just believing in God. Faith. Believing that he really did die for me and accepting that. And living that out and trusting it. And God gives, who gives the faith. God gives us all a measure of faith. God gives us that measure of faith. It says to accept Christ, we believe in him. We have faith that God, what he said is true. And that, that faith comes from what God puts in our hearts. And then it says also to confess our sins and then to repent. And repent all, all actually means to turn away. You're going this, you're going this direction, but now you're going, you've turned around, you're going the other way. Mm -hmm. And so that faith is a good one to really have living alive in your family, in your home, and in my life. So live the life of faith. And when the storm comes, we're not going to be overtaken. Because our faith is not in the circumstances of life, although we are affected by the circumstances of our life. But our faith is in Jesus and that foundation. Though the storms can't come, everything is shaken, we'll still stand. The house will still stand. And everyone will see your house standing. I'm like, why? When that storm came, why was that house still standing and all the others? taken out. You know, you see like those tornadoes. Some of them were standing with the next door and the whole, everything else is wiped out. Hmm. But we have to have faith in God and not in man. Because when you look around in this world and you see everything that's happened and everything then you actually see like my faith was a lot in, in this or that, and then that's taken away. And then you're like, my faith has got to be in God. And my hope is in God. And along comes with uh, faith is trust, trust, trusting the Lord and obeying the Lord. It's, if I trust God's word, and I really believe God's word, I'm going to obey it in full. And it says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding in all his ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That's really big. Because we have a lot of decisions in our life. And it may not seem like a big decision at that time, but if you're looking back and you see a decision that you made that wasn't right or that wasn't good for you, you can see that how big of that decision was. And so, trust God with all your heart, whatever it is. Lean not to your own understanding. That's just your own way of thinking, your own earthly way of thinking, of planning it out, like, okay, this way, that way. But when we say, God, what is your will? Not only for my future, but what is your will for today? For today. What word do you have for me for today? What
what word do you have for someone yes. else for today? What can I do? What can I speak into someone? Well, who could I pray for? God has our future. And he's helped us with the past and we live in the present. So the faith is, is, is very important and then to trust God with all your heart, all your heart, and not get in so much to the way of, of thinking, but know the Lord with your heart. And hope in Romans 5 and 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. <coughs> It almost seems like there's a plan to against us to take away our hope. Yeah, it is. Satan wants to take our hope away. Because without hope, we have no vision. Without no yes. vision, we don't want to live. We don't want to move forward. Hope is so important. And may the God, this scripture says, may the God of all hope fill you with the joy and peace. Fill you with the joy and peace. So, going back to that, that joy and peace that I experienced, it was in the presence of God. That's where that, that comes, comes through, is just the presence of God. Then I put one place here, and I was thinking, space and forgiveness. I was thinking like a, a house, you know, a spiritual home, building your spiritual home. And there's a space there, and it's for forgiveness. Is for forgiveness for other people, even the people that may have done you really wrong. And God says, Colossians 3 and 13, forgive as God has forgave us. So he has forgave us all. And for those people that God wants to set us free, free if we forgive, we're setting ourselves free. Because if we are have unforgiveness towards anyone, we will be attached to that person, that situation, or that hurt. But when we can give forgiveness, you know, like God has forgiven us. Sometimes it's hard. I've even said at times, no, I'm not going to forgive. I, I, I can't. And then I'll take a deep breath and say, I can't. But God in me. You can. And I have you to override my own flesh, my own will, and the spirit. You're good. And that's freedom. And with, with you know, whatever it is that we can teach our, our family, teach others, that, that we've got to have that. We've got to have that space. We've got to have that forgiveness. Amen. And that space, too, I think that is no shame, no matter what's happened. No shame. For if we're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And that's a huge tool of Satan. He wants to bring shame on his body. He wants to bring shame of, look, look what you've done. Some of us might deal, deal with it every day. You know, I've dealt with it my own self. It's like, you didn't do what you could have done right here in, you know, your mind. Protect your mind because you're attaching yourself to something in the past. If that's been prayed for, 
If that's been under the blood, it has no right. It has no right. And the only the only right is the right you give it. Well, oh, you know, it's cut off. God is, is He's such a wonderful God because He said, I cast your your sins as far as the east is to the west. That's far. I cast your sins into the sea of God's forgetfulness. So God forgets me. <coughs> and then he puts up a big no fishing sign there. <laughs> you know? Amen. So he said he's cast our sins behind his back. There are so many scriptures in the Bible that we're taking our sins and he's washed with his own blood away every sin. And so we don't have to live a life of any shame. And in, in that space, you know, forgiveness and shame, there's space for those people that are healing from that. Does that always happen just like that? But, but we have a space in our life that God's doing a work, a continuous work. It's hard to believe, but we're we're not perfect, but we are pure and righteous in the eyes of God. <coughs> so another one I put up there is is giving and giving to others, and I think that's really. I know that we have that here in the church. And to build our house, to build this church house, that needs to be a part of, of giving. We give to uh, missionaries. We give our prayer. We give, um, they come in and they speak and we're, we're touching many lives through that. And there's there's all different ways of giving. And, and in my life, and in your life, God wants us to give. God gave His only begotten Son. He gave us His greatest gift. He gave us that. And now He says, give. Give out. Give out to others. And uh, it's fun to give because you can't outgive the Lord. There's no way you can outgive the Lord. But you can give your time and you can give your, your, your talents. And you can give your, the, the money that God blesses us with. You can give it on that way. And But that's a part, part of, of the house and how to build it. Amen. And to teach our children to be givers and uh, how to give joyfully. And um, even even our little young ones, it's good. It's good to teach them how to do that. And... Uh, and the, another one I put here is we're getting up to the last of it, but I didn't put worship. Continuous worship. Um, it's, it's just like praise through God, worship, and honor. And uh, in heaven, there's no nonstop worship 24-7. And why not us just, like we were this morning, just worshiping, joining in with heaven, Heaven and earth, we're worshiping together. 
and bring, bring the worship to our Lord. The worship music, uh, I grew up with that, that music playing. Mom was a piano player and she loved the gospel songs. And so it not only got into our house, it got into my soul. So that it was just, I love it. I, I love, yeah, you same thing too. I know different ones. You love the music, you love the worship because it's nonstop praise. Praise to God. Amen. And, um, but when it, when it comes down to it, so we are the priests of our home. We know how to, well, we, we, we're the priests, so we're, we're in charge of our house. We, we make the choice of what we want. Uh, to come into our house. We're, we're in charge of, of, of all this. And, we, and we, it's our choice. How are we going to manage our our house? We see a little bit in the, the Old Testament and um, this priest, his, his name was Eli. And um, he let things go on in his house that wasn't right. It was terrible. It was against God. But it was in the house of God, at the door of the house of God. And then there was a day that the storm came. And his life totally fell. But we are the priests and we are the sanctuary. Uh, like we said, holy, we are sanctuary to the holy acceptable to God. We are the temple of God. He has chosen to dwell in us through his Holy Spirit. So we, we no longer have to go to the, the room of the holies and holies where only the priests could go. But we individually are a priest of our home, of our lives, and that's where we can go. You see right here, it's the door. It's, it's whatever you allow here in the door. It's very important that what comes in. Um, it says, I, in John 10, 9, it says, I am the door if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out of my pasture. And in 10, it says, The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and that you may have life abundantly. So Christ wants us to have that abundant life, and through him that we can have that abundant life. And Satan does, he, he, is, uh, he is there. Um, as a hindrance in our life. But we have victory over him. God said, I have overcome the world. And we have the victory. But his assignment is, let's make no, no mistake about it. His assignment is to still kill, destroy. He'll do it whatever way he can or through whatever, whoever he can. And it's to still joy, still life, still hope, still faith. Any of those still are very special days. Still our help. Um, but God, Jesus, He's the door. And you know what? If you have never accepted the Lord, He's knocking on your door. Amen. Door. He wants to come in, but He will not come in uninvited. But He is wanting to fill our home with His goodness. I watched this movie last night. Well, it's two nights ago, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I was at my niece's house, and we, we were talking.
talking about the movie is God's Not Dead. Has anybody seen that movie, God's Not Dead? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's this part of it, and it's at the very end, and it's very real, real to life. Um, it shows this, this man, he's mid-age, and he's very successful, and he's arrogant. He's, like, done it all, and he's been successful, and he's just, like, it, and he knows it. So he hasn't been to see his mom at some time. She has dementia, and she's sitting staring. She no longer talks or recognizes her children. But he uh, was asked by his sister to go see him. She said, no, we haven't seen him in a long time. He's like, I don't know, why do I go? Because I'm just going to sit and see your scare. What's the use? You know? So he comes up and shows, shows up one night. And the mom is, she's old. She has dementia. And the man says to his mother, he sits there in the dark. He said, you know what? I'm doing great. I'm just so awesome. Everything's going good for you. But look at you, Mom. Thinking she's not aware of anything. Look at you. You lived your life all these years for the Lord. You prayed. You did everything just right. But look at you. Look at your situation. You don't even know your children. He said that to his mother. She stared straight ahead in this movie, not even looking at him. And then she began to talk, and this is a quote from that movie. It says, Sometimes the devil allows people to live a life free of trouble because it because he doesn't send what he doesn't let me try it again. Sometimes the devil life allows people to live a life free of trouble because he doesn't want people to turn to God. Their sin is like a jail cell, except it's all nice and comfy, and there doesn't seem to be any reason to leave it. The door is wide open. Till one day, time runs out, and the door slams. And shut suddenly, and it's too late to get out. I said, that's a powerful, that's really powerful. And my niece said, as I was kind of studying my scripture verses that night, she said, yeah, you should use that in your sermon. So I'm using that in my sermon because it's powerful. You may think, look at this one. You know, they're they're not looking for God. They're, they're not the nicest person. They, you're so successful. And that's the story. Don't worry about that. You know what? You just keep building your house. Because that house is going to stand. Not only on this earth, but throughout eternity. And what kind of home? What kind of mansion will be there in heaven? It says we cannot even imagine or think. The only way that we can come possibly to get some idea is through the being instilled by the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. We know in part that Holy Spirit. And we're sealed with that. And that's our down payment. That's your, your little down payment what heaven's like. We know His presence will be there in the but what a privilege we have to take that choice to build our house. Amen. The other house, it's really easy. You don't really have to do a whole lot. 
You just do it on your own. There's pride. I can do it. I don't need God's help. Or maybe someday, you know, maybe someday I'll, I'll want that. I'll get there. And, but I'm having a really good time right now. But one day for all of us, the door will shut. And for those that know the Lord, it's not going to shut. It's going to be from this place to the presence of the Lord, that transformation, just to be right in the presence of the Lord. Oh, death, where is I sting? Really, God says this to fear not, because it's with us. And if we trust, we obey, we have faith, and we're standing on that salvation that we have. That's a real that's a real reality. And God is working on us and He's working on me. And that's a continual walk. But it's a really good one. And He has great things. And I don't want to be guilty of of not just letting God be where He wants to be. Not pressing in and just knowing that God has He's a God of miracles. To believe in miracles. To believe in healing. To believe in what God's word says to believe in. Even when the storm comes and it seems like, oh my goodness, am I even going to stand? Is it even, is this going to all hold together? It will. Keep building your house upon the Lord. Keep being that example to your children and to your grandchildren. Because it will it will affect every generation to come, every decision that we make for Christ. And uh, so that's what I have this morning, and I'm glad to share it with you. And I know God's doing great things in your life, and uh, He's been continuing. Not only this day, but every day. And it's good to walk in the Lord. And it's good to walk with you.